Everything is perceived internally on some level, but I understand what you mean. When I speak about the buzz, actually, it's a very broad and it's a beautiful example that I gave. I don't know if you you watched that, um, you if you participated in that, because I felt it was a beautiful exercise to distinguish um, what is going on internally for us. And what the exercise showed is that everything, everything that you perceive, everything that you experience, whether it is some physical um, manifestation or that comes through the senses, or whether it's some internal manifestation that appears through thought or feelings or emotions, through memory and so on, all of them together are a kind of vibration that is perceived. So I am putting the whole thing all together, whether it is something from the past or something projected about the future, something from the mind, something from the physical world, your perceiving of it, some memory, something in the distant past, some desire, whatever it is that, that, that functions and is perceived in you, that I call the buzz, and it is all impermanent. It means that it's like the clouds, they are just passing. They may be there for a while, but they are passing, they are always changing. And if they are always changing, they cannot be that which I say is. When I say something which is, meaning that it is unchanging, it is constant, it's always here, always present. And I say it is always perfect. I say it is what we are. And it is where we are looking from, in the deepest place of ourselves. Always, it's coming from there. But because we identify with the buzz, and by with the buzz I mean like we perceive our bodies and our senses, and we become very involved in it. You don't have to be so involved in order to perceive, because you can perceive without identity, and your perceiving is very sharp, very crystal clear. But out of habit, we identify as the as a person and as a particular kind of person with their own likes and dislikes this also is a manifestation this is also the buzz but it is a very intimate um, relationship perhaps the deepest relationship that we as consciousness forms with what we perceive and the the, the most intimate perceiving uh, perceived phenomenon is the phenomena of a personal self that you think it is you that uh, you have an idea this is me and I begin to my questions begin there my questions with human beings begin there what is the me what is this me and is that the fact is this me a fact or is it fiction is it something that is ultimately true and by true, I have to put my definition of what truth is, 
and the definition of truth for me is that which is unchanging and which is ever perfect that's what i call true everything else is subject to transition is subject to change to time and all that is subject to time and change i call perceivables they are what comes appears inside your mind and goes so it is very important for us to distinguish between what is ever present and what is always passing now some people say if the if the truth is ever present how comes i'm not aware of it now i begin to challenge that i say well you are not aware that you are aware you're not aware that you are awareness itself and that can be changed but it takes a certain understanding a certain focus inside and perhaps the will to to succeed in recognizing what is true because some people they don't recognize what is true because their aspirations are too weak it's not strong enough so quickly they abandon the inquiry because their mind is too weak for it so if by speaking like this we come to a certain a certain place whereby we are ready to somehow open the door of our own self i'm not saying that you will know that you're ready but you're present and all your pores all your senses are 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 just available for this discovery then i don't see how it would not happen for you that the, that the recognition of what is always present takes place something is always here but it is the last thing that we recognize everything else is passing everything that you see every experience every memory every object perceived either from past or from future or any zone of time at any range of subtlety everything that you perceive is transient and it's always coming in time nothing is permanent if you understand that much if you can confirm at least this much then the rest of what i have to say should not be difficult it will sound impossible because i'm asking you to be aware of that which you cannot perceive phenomenally and this is where the twist is and because we have not really grasped that and why can't we grasp it because it's beyond the mind everything to do with the mind is transient everything to do with your mind is passing the mind itself is passing and it passes in front of that which is not passing how do we know this you, you notice because you are the witness of the mind passing and the mind changing so who must you be who watches the mind changing itself first of all you have to acknowledge that you are the witness that you are present to witness all the different modes of the mind all the most profound knowledge reasoning perceiving everything you can see but this doesn't stay one minute it feels bright and clear and present next minute it's gone so if you know this then i would say don't try and manipulate what is by nature changeful let it be try to find out what perceives all of that try to locate what is perceiving all of that and the clue is very powerful because the clue is that it is already a fact that 
these things are perceived. And if they are perceived, they cannot be the perceiver. They may initially have a link with the perceiver. There's one perceiver, one, one, one point where the perceiver is also phenomenal. If anyone passes through this gate to see that there's the phenomenal perceiver, then that phenomenal perceiver is perceived by something which is not phenomenal. I don't know if you understand this. I have to, I have to use these words. You have to catch up with them. Because the moment that it is comprehended inside your heart, it's like something, a huge curtain falls. And you realize yourself. I am just what remains when my attention, which has been mixed with intention and desire and projections, are cleaned again, comes back to a silence. There are different ways that we may come to that point of realization. Self-inquiry is one very reliable way. Other ways are the, the, the habit and the act of surrendering, the idea you have of who you are, to keep surrendering that to your, your idea of the Supreme Being, just the sense that there's, you have an intuitive sense that there is a higher power and that you surrender to this higher power. If you have the courage or the will or the grace to have that feeling in your heart to surrender, that is also an excellent way. They say also the path of Kama Yoga, which is that whatever you do, whatever you do, you have the, you don't seek any benefit from it, you don't seek any trading from it. All actions simply happen spontaneously for you and are offered over somehow to, to existence. And so you make no claims about yourself. And gradually also in this way is a way into the truth. And what all these different avenues, all these different paths have in common is that ultimately they erase the ego. And that's all that has to happen in whatever path, whatever discipline you practice. Ultimately, the end result is the transcendence of the egoic notion of the self. That's it. So whether you want to do this through the path of Buddhism or Catholicism or Christianity or Islam or whatever way your Dharma calls you to follow, ultimately the realization would be that you realize I am not the ego, which is the one who seems to be here that wants things to be a certain way, has its own loves, its own projections, its own attachments, its own dreams, and so on. When you realize that that itself is only an idea of self and not the true self. Once you realize this, then all of this is finished for you. Your suffering is over. Then you can sit at the table in the kingdom of God, the same as being home inside yourself. So the exercise which we talked about that you brought up in first about the buzz, you know, what is the buzz? Is it something internal? Is it that there is something inside you that maybe are not is not perceivable by other beings, other people? Is it some kind of internal voice that needs to be discerned whether this voice is a true voice or a false voice? I would not limit it only to this. I'm saying I'm including in that buzz all manifested phenomenal perception. Whether it is something that you imagine, something you actually see, something, everything that comes through the senses or through the mind, through the powers of imagination, through memory, through desire, 
all of these things that which gives you the sense that you are alive you are alive and interacting with life all that i call the buzz effectively i can put it in one basket the functioning of the waking state and the one who experiences it the one who has the sense i am living in this waking state my treasures are in the waking state my aspirations are in the waking state and does not realize that the waking state is simply happening out of some energy creates this waking state consciousness and all the activities that are manifesting in it there come a time when you see this that i call seeing in the big thought seeing in big steps rather than going through the manifest world going this part is real this is not real at one point you may come to realize that the total functioning of the waking state hmm, is only god's movie it's like an an image is like god's youtube that's what you are watching you have the sense that you are also in this movie moving about but also at the same time you come to realize that there is an awareness that all this moving about and the sense of feeling as a particular entity in it is all dreamed in your own self you may come to that point of recognition and it doesn't make the dream into a nasty thing actually it makes it a very beautiful thing it makes it a divine play actually the more you wake up the more beautiful the world becomes for you it doesn't become more ugly but when you have uh, the feeling that you are a person the world becomes like an obstacle course it's like very sometimes it can be even painfully a painful dream or a painful life but as you wake up to the truth of your true position then all this will change the way because the world is not any one single way it just is but in each body mind it is perceived in a unique interpretation a unique filtering a unique projection creates the impact the world will have for you you see what you're seeing is total innocence but how you experience it might be the difference between heaven and hell it's like you go to see a, a game a football match or something like that the game is just a game but a hundred different commentators are commenting about the game and each one is giving a different flavor a different feeling a different report about the same one game which one is making the accurate representation of the game none of them maybe the only one who can bring something that is a bit unbiased is the one who has no particular interest in the game who doesn't support any team this one's uh, perce- perceiving powers are sufficiently cooled in order to to perceive with some clarity but whatever you have desire for you become blind towards it whatever you crave for you develop some kind of blind spot some some blindness you lose your power of discernment you become biased you you lopsided out of synchronicity Uh, with the cosmic unfolding somehow so it is good that as you discover who you are more and more you come back to this beautiful neutrality then you don't have to be a supporter of anything except perhaps superficially you find that something is playing like this and you are you can also say this is what i like and this is what i don't like you may use the same language but because the understanding has really flowered inside you of the full the full nature of the truth and you will not be tripping over concept and whatever you say wherever you go it will make no difference because so you will see it was never about where i go i can go in any direction is the truth in any direction is it more in the north or the east or the west or the south is it more above or below so for one who understands such 
such statements would be just ludicrous, ridiculous. The truth is not in any particular direction. It is in every direction and in no direction. So you see, wherever you go, it doesn't matter. God is not more one place than another place, but God may be perceived more in one place than another place, depending upon where there is a concentration of devotional vibration. In that place, you will smell uh, the, the perfume of the Supreme. If you go to a place that is heavily mental in its orientation, you will not have that flavor, that perfume. You will not feel it. But it is still 100% there. I mean, it's so wonderfully simple, actually. This is what I'm trying to get across. You need no strategies to exist, and you never did. But in the play of life, for a while, you have to go through this play. Hopefully, you come to that that point where you see that there can be a full life, just somehow living itself. It is a life full of its own richness, of diversity, but it's all happening by itself, including what you may call your life also. It's part of the grand life, and it's just an unfolding. You cannot claim any particular action as yours entirely. All your actions are relating to other actions. Everything is. This is where you can say your eyes begin to perceive, your mind and heart begin to perceive that there is a oneness. Not that you are all one as individuals necessarily, but that we are one in connectedness in our actions. So interwoven, but you sense that. But you don't have to now try and do anything about it. There is just the understanding has taken place inside, and from that understanding, a joy is emerging out of you. A space is is present in you, and from that space, your perspectives is not fixed. You can find affinity with different points of looking, and see that they're all they're not that they're right or wrong. They're just different points of seeing, different ways of seeing, and that uh, phenomenal seeing in itself does not create any karma. The karma only happens when identity wants to take hold of something and manage it. Then you will pay the tax for that experience, meaning that you will suffer the consequences of your apparent action. When you come to see that the actions don't belong to anyone, you are free of karma like that. As you come more close to to the to that place of seeing, you say you want. And I feel truthfully, we are lacking nothing in the in the in the truth. And maybe at some subconscious level we know that, but that subconscious understanding must come conscious now, where you realize that you are not without the most important things already in place. The rest is just the furnitures to decorate the ego's room. Then you can want this thing and want this thing, but they are not needs. And actually, if we are needing or wanting things which are perishable, it is not really a true desire, actually. And if you are wanting what is not perishable, you already have it. So maybe you cannot want what you know you already have.
you must want what you think you don't have. And you are going to want, in fact, what you cannot have. Because nobody can have what is, in fact, transient. You can only play with it. You can also play as it. So maybe at a very atomic level, in the deep subconscious truthfulness, something inside us intuitively know that we are complete. But we have forgotten that. So we are looking for the concept of completeness. Because completeness, in its truthfulness, is not a concept. Then, so because what is beyond concept, you cannot want because it already is in place. So what you want is concept bound, and concept bound you cannot keep. These are really very important points of to take flight from these points, but it's a flight inwardly. Found than that which actually has no distance. It has no otherness, no separateness. It is not a person, it simply is. Knowing that the world and the manifest world is somehow observed to be just functioning, which includes this body also. So great is some power. I mean, it, its its power is inscrutable because it is watering all these trees and not watering them according to its will. It's providing oxygen for all these beings and carbon dioxide for those who need that. It takes care of everything, this harmony, even when it appears not to. Nothing can hide from it. Nothing manifest can hide from it. Nothing unmanifest can hide from it, nor exist apart from it. If you begin to contemplate in this kind of way, you would bend your knees in front of something you cannot see. You see. So don't try and work it out. Just collapse right there and be done with it. Let that one pick you up. We as we are always in the belly of God, in the mouth and the belly of God, trying to reach the heart of God. But we are the pulse of God. And then at one time, when we drop our sense of individuality, one way or another, then all these dualities they come to an end. Wonderful it is when these things can happen and the play of duality still continue. But somehow you are the unity, the unicity within the heart of all of that. 
Nobody can guess your life. It carries a sweetness which is not sugar. And the sweetest knowledge is when you have the sense you know nothing. This is the sweetest one, the sweetest fruit. <laughs> then I don't have to mind the world business, I don't have to mind anybody's business. I don't even have to mind my own business. If you can speak like that. Such a being is moving, but they don't care to leave any footprints on the world. They don't care. But there's a joy to correspond with sentient beings on this matter about truth. Because apart from that, I don't know what is the purpose of walking on this planet. <laughs> if you cannot have satsang, can you imagine if there was no satsang? And. Uh, it is only what you have perceived it to be. Fish and chips. <laughs> End of game, fish and chips. Back to the bin. Can you imagine if there was no satsang, if there was not a way out of this of this mental stuff? So I say fortunate are those whose time has come to acknowledge these things, reflect upon them, and to find themselves home again. And fortunate are they who continue in the dream and give thanks and appreciate the ability to perceive this wonderful existence. Because even if you don't realize as yet the power that is at the heart of this, you should show gratitude for the functioning of your senses, of your mind, for health, for love, for the encounter that helps you to grow in wisdom, everything. And that will be your Dharma until you have exhausted your karma. You see, everything is blessing. Even the curses are blessing for the one whose eyes are bright enough to see them. Until then, we sleep on. From my way of looking at things, the only thing that stands in the way is your idea of yourself. When that uh, is vanishing. Mm. Everything is coming nice. When that mischievous idea is passing, the colour come back to the world.